Let me ask you, are you someone with hair? Well, if you answered yes to that question, do I have the product for you? Visit ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off because the goal with Modern Mammals is to try and keep your hair and head natural. Since I've been using it, that's exactly what I've experienced. I very much prefer it. I don't know if I'm ever going to switch back. Probably not, to tell you the truth. And this means that it doesn't distort your pH balance and natural oils like shampoo would. Unlike shampoo, the products don't have a harsh detergent that suds up and dries out your head and hair. It's just lighter than traditional shampoo. And unlike conditioners, it doesn't leave hair limp and frizzy. Like, you don't want that Seinfeld in the shower like Rory McIlroy had it once too, where it's just like a, a mop on your head. You don't want that. And if you use modern mammals, that's not going to happen. It's designed to make your hair feel thicker. And my hair at the moment feels so thick, you can't even pull it out. Plus, the products are easy to rinse out, so there's no leftover residue to weigh hair down. So, Go to ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code MAYO. Don't forget to use my promo code MAYO so they know I sent you. More details in the description. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings The Memorial Tournament. Picks, preview, one and done. Bets, got it all here for you. Play in the Listener's League. Link is now available down in the description. And please subscribe to the free Mayo Media newsletter, where all of the final plays will be coming out, along with more information on Wednesday evening. Smash the like and sub to the channel while you're here as well. Jeff Feinberg, you won a lot of money yesterday. I saw those tickets, so congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, I want a lot of money. I mean, those were the highlights. And people don't be mad at me because I didn't like type out Grillo outright. And all I wrote was, I have an infinity amount of Grillo props. You know me well enough to know I don't have the peace of mind to not include something. So I got some outrights and the infinity props are just rolling in. Like I got to do stock on the books. And I went to town on Cam Smith over Brooks. And that was a sweat yesterday. So, pa- Paul Paul was just telling me about that. He said that he had never watched more live in his life. Yeah. I've never tracked more live. I've never paid closer attention to live because I went way too hard on a prop that I thought was sure thing to be tied on the back nine Sunday was not a fun place. So I feel golf was great to me. Uh, this past week and it was better to some of our other friends i think bear off broke bet rivers i could imagine that i mean when he tweeted out grillo in the colonial jacket five days before the tournament you know he had some serious money on it yeah unbelievable um and congrats to ben it's just uh yeah you get make all that grillo money back pat Correct me if I'm wrong, because we're all, I think we're both a little spotty on the exact um, germ of it. But that Grillo win, I think, was a week before we ever did our first ever golf podcast. Or maybe we did a PGA championship show at the end of the year. And then at Christmas that year, we did a like our first ever season preview, which was just off of that Grillo win. 
Um, it was just off Grillo's drought. We, we were, we were in the office together. We both hit Grillo coming off the corn ferry tour. It was his first ever start. It was the fries.com open, which is now the Fortnet. I think that it is uh, at this point. It was in 2016. Uh, so it was almost at the time when we first started like doing golf bets together, like big major preview shows, not the weekly thing. We started that later on. Maybe we did it a little bit before. Now I can't remember. I remember us hitting it, and then I made that huge Grillo proclamation for the Players' Championship that I guaranteed he was going to win at 125-1, to 1, and I'm pretty sure he was plus 15. I pretty much went for three years saying, I promise you Grillo was going to win a big boy pants party, um, and like a real tournament. I wasn't saying a major, but one of, like I guess, like a memorial, a Tory, like a play, like something that like was serious. Obviously, that never happened. I don't really expect it. He could win an open. Ever happen? He, he could win an open championship. I think. I don't think that. I he mean, maybe I don't, the, I don't think his, that he will. But I think his game is best suited for over there, and he's had a lot of success at the open. Now he's back in the open, which is great. Yeah. So great. I mean, what a shit show. I guess it was, but you, you, you call it. I mean, you, you tell us at Christmas that this is one of your favorite courses, events of the year. And again, it's outstanding. I mean, what a, what a layout, what an event. Um, happy to be on the right side. It was a leaderboard filled with insane long shots and a four to one Scotty Scheffler. And realistically, if Scheffler could have just made, I don't know, one more three-foot putt throughout the course of the week. He wins by, like, yeah, he'd be in the playoff. But I think he missed seven inside five feet or something like that. Yeah, the broadcast might have said, was he dead last in the field in putting, but first in tee to green? He was first in tee to green by a pretty substantial margin. I know when I did the research show Sunday morning, he was already negative four and a half strokes putting through three rounds. And I thought that he was going to come back and do it, because I, I had that weird sink Scheffler Bryson parlay oh, yeah. <laughs> on the go, and then sink just could, I, I watched a ton of the Senior PGA Championship. Sink just didn't get it going on the front nine in the final round. Ended up like two back or whatever it was out of the playoff with Stricker and Patty. But I thought that was kind of live. I saw that the leaders didn't make a big jump in live. I was like, Bryson could theoretically come back and win this. That one was like sort of the long shot. I was like, and Scheffler, what is he, six back against these jabronis at the top of the leaderboard? All he needs to do is get there. He got to that long par five and two, number 11. Then he three putted for par. (laughs) Insane. (laughs) Insane. Do you know that Grillo's win isn't even the longest snapped win drought of the season? I was amazed. Yeah. Yeah, because Kirk Kirk won at Colonial like two years before. Uh, Grio got his win in 2016, I think. 2015. Yeah, but I have this memory of us doing shows while like Kirk and Billy Horschel just dominated the end of the season. No, yeah, no. Maybe well, Kirk didn't win then, but Kirk, he just he, he was like, yeah, he didn't win. He lost to Horschel every time. Yeah. Okay, we, so that's, I guess, why I was a little caught off guard. I thought that Kirk win was a little later, but obviously he was still playing great golf. Um. A little bit after that. So I I think this, I mean, it's not a justification of a bet on yourself type of concept, but I feel like there is no way Grio wasn't offered the bag by Liv to be a part of that Neiman team. Basically, the money that went to Munoz, I assume Grio was offered and he decided to stick around and now he's a winner again. Yeah, I mean, you would assume that there would have been an offer to to Grio, anyone from a different country seemed to be attractive um, to them and their plan. And 
thinking about it last night, like trying to put myself in the headspace of Gria winning his first event on tour. Do you think golf Twitter, which wasn't nearly as big, it was a small little pocket then, but in some ways, if it existed, do you think we would have reacted to that the same way? Like we reacted to the Tom Kim win in like his third event or something last year. How old? I mean, there's a really big youth element to Tom Kim. He's, what, 20 years old still or 21 at this point? And he's kind of a dynamic character. Like, he's fun. Like, you hear him do interviews. Like, he feels... It's not that he's going to be the next big thing because he doesn't gain... 11 billion strokes tee to green every event like a Scotty Scheffler. He's not a bomber. And we know that, you know, in order to sustain a very high level of play for such a long time, you need to basically hit the ball 330 yards at this point. It's harder for the shorter hitters. There's only so many places where your game is going to translate unless you have like an out of world experience, an out of body experience, and just make all of the proper shots. It's kind of like the drawback to Morikawa and where he can win versus where he can't win, right? Where he's at a serious disadvantage. Tom Kim is always going to have that and Grio kind of fits in that same mold too like there's a perfect course for Grio and his lack of big distance off the tee is long enough to compete but you know he's always going to have that drawback but he wasn't a character like Tom Kim is a character you're right I mean I remember him like those like PGA tour like shows like him and his fast cars right after that win but um yeah good for good good for him um, I have one more comment. Oh, well, I, I, I have one for you because you texted me your tickets. Basically, oh. this is locked up. And then uh, Grio hits the tee shot on the 72nd hole. Shades of, I'm trying to think of who it was. I think it was CT Pan at the Wyndham Championship when he had it locked up. And he was money all week. And then he hit it out of bounds on the 72nd hole. And I think JT Poston won that year. I might be getting my timeline mixed on that. It was one or the other. And they they were flawless all week. And then this happened to them once the pressure got ratcheted up. But to see him sit there and watch that fucking ball go down the <laughs> river. I, I they, they said it happened to someone else in this tournament, but it was on 17. I think it was like Lee Jansen or something like that, like 30 years ago. But like I, I, I had literally seen nothing like this before in my life. I was like, oh, my God. Well, I, I didn't even know how they were going to, like, was he going to have to re-tee? Where was he going to have to drop it? And I didn't quite understand. And someone tried to explain it to me, and I still didn't quite understand, was they told him that he couldn't play the ball from where it had stopped because it had been too long. But how the fuck was he supposed to play the ball if it was moving? That's a great point. I'm embarrassed. I did the worst, the most amateur move ever. He makes that par on 17. To me, 18's not the bogey hole. 18's not trouble. 18 is like guys are getting within 12-foot birdie putts. I didn't see it coming. I sent you my screen grabs. Like, I got this sucker. Thank you. Props. Wow, Grio, how the hell did that happen? And then the tee shot. I... I was, yeah, Taking I was not well for, I was just like spit. I didn't, I shouldn't say I'm not well. Like it just felt perfect for the Grillo experience. Um, but yeah, I was like spazzing a little. I and then I thought Shank was going to make his putt. Shank had 112 yards in in regulation on 18. Stuck it to 15 foot feet. I thought it was going to be like seven feet. And he barely missed that sucker. Yeah, um, he just needed like two more rotations and then that was it. It's been a weird year for Shank because he's been so up and down. Like the tournaments where he's bad, he's so bad. But realistically, he should have won Valspar. And you cash in on Taylor Moore there too. Every time Adam Shank's in contention, you hit a long shot. 
you know, I'm more, more, yeah. And I've been good out of the majors with Fitz and this one, but um, yeah, more Fitz and, and Grio, which is weird. If you'd have told me, like showing me all the prices that win that I haven't hit a winner under 30 to one, but they come in at a ridiculous rate. I've been like, how is that possible? Like who's making my picks? Um, I'm still betting those guys. They're the ones I picked just aren't winning. What's it like having a hundred to one on someone that you need to has now just hit the ball out of bounds and they're taking a drop and they decide to take that drop on the cart path. I don't know. It's all like it's a blur. It was a sick feeling. It was sick because I was I was counting it. Like I that was my money. That was my money. And I was greedy because like anything could have happened there. The entire bag of props, placings, matchups, everything was safe. But obviously nothing paid like the the outrights. Um I don't know. I wasn't happy. I was mad at myself really for sending you like any sports fan or degen gambler. I was just mad for sending you a screen grab before it was over. So I was as mad at him as I was at myself. I think while that was happening, I was okay. So one thing is I was putting my kids to bed while this was going on. So I was streaming it on my phone. So it was just like, in like, I wasn't listening to it outside of, I, the Griot stuff happened, and then I saw the guys tee off. And did Harry Hall hit a tree to go into the water? Is that what happened? Like he hit a tree, then it ricocheted forward more? To be honest, I stepped away at that exact moment. I saw the aftermath, but yeah, they seemed, the, the broadcast seemed to make it like it clipped something, and it still like crossed the fairway. They were running fast, right? By the end of the day on Sunday, they were just steaming, and I guess it went in there. Um, I don't cheer for a guy in that hat. You, we did, but we bet Bryson this week, who no longer wears the hat, but no longer wears that hat. Yeah, you're not Bryson. I don't know. Maybe or maybe it was just the color. Like it was just beige. At least Bryson, like, I don't know, coordinates it better. Um, and he's like wearing his Vegas Knights jersey there. I thought the crowd should have been way harder on the guy. Well, didn't the Vegas like, Knights on- get like dummied by the stars? Or was it the other way around? Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to game six, but it was 3-0, so the Stars have life. But my point being, if you go into a town and you're, like, openly, like, wearing the jersey they're playing in the conference final and saying, I'm a fan, like, on Sunday, you should be hearing it. Now, obviously, people don't even know who Harry Hall exists. But I'm just saying, I thought, like, the crowd would have been harder on him on Sunday. But that's just me in my own orbit, clearly. Do you think that Harry Hall was who Cuss thought Harry Higgs was, and that's why he thought he was British? <laughs> like that's got to be the answer, right? Maybe Harry Hall. Who was that other? He's friends with another bad player who's just gone to Aim Point and started. Ha- ba- Ash K. Ash K. Got Aim Point from Harry Hall. Oh no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, but that was the week Ash case first week on aim point he was hitting all those putts I don't remember when it was it was like three or four weeks ago he was Mexi- like draining Mexico. 30 footers yeah it was in Mexico I, I just thought it was funny I was watching a ton of Morikawa on Sunday and when he does the aim point he has this like they all do they they look like fucking zombies when they're standing in between the ball and the hole they're just sitting there like this uh, yeah, I guess they're just trying to feel it in their toes or their heels or their, you know, the arches of their feet. Here, here's how you know how terrible aim point is that cuss does it and it is fucking <laughs> ridiculous. 
He's doing this, <laughs> counting his knuckles. I lose my mind golfing with cussed rocking aim point. Um, I would say yesterday though is an example of like, like like the whole live debate, what have you. I just mean like yesterday was a buffet for golf fans. You had the senior major that was to- that was close with great players that we're all familiar with. You know, live which had a crazy compacted leaderboard with a lot of players we're all familiar with in this fun tight pga event there was a ladies match play um the euro was you know, fun so, too the euro was just a, oh. an explosion of people just blowing up at the end yeah and pablo i mean is that his fourth was it a few weeks ago where he won and i'm like oh, his short game's incredible maybe they could they'll take him to italy I, um, I, I think he won in like thailand or something like that hong kong maybe and his short game is insane. Like, it's insane what he does. Um, yeah, and that crazy Euro event. So, well, like, it's annoying and there is a, a fracturing of, of golf. Um, like, days like yesterday, I don't know, felt like it was just like a cavalcade of golf. Like, rarely do you get a day like that ever. He won in Korea, like, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And he won last year in Spain at the Ipsis Henda Championship in Spain. And he won twice last year, too, because he also won the My Go Life Golf Open hosted by Pecanwood 2022. So, yeah, four wins in the past two years for old Pablo. He's not a young man. Wasn't he the guy who had to, like, jump out of the way of the bees that time? Oh, that might have been Detri. That happened in, in Mexico or somewhere recently. I think it happened to Detri hit well, the deck. Well, this this wasn't recently. This was years ago. Oh, okay, maybe. I remember there was like a bee swarm or a bug swarm recently on the PGA. I don't know. <laughs> bee swarm. Okay. Uh, you played. Well, you're not allowed to play at your course anymore because it's now been closed for the Canadian Open. Is that true? Yes, that is true. Um, not even allowed on property, which bothers a lot of people. Like, I don't know, they want to go for lunch or play some tennis or pickleball. Like, get over it. Also, St. George's, Pat, they just, their membership just voted to turn down their second year option of 25, I believe, of the Canadian Open. And I am like worried just sitting in the locker room hearing these old men grumbling that the vote at the end of the year for us to bring it back in 26 might not go well. Um, I don't know. These people, like, they can't take anything, any sort of inconvenience. Really annoying. But well, I'm fired well, if up. I, if I was old and I only had so many, like, rounds of golf left in me, I wouldn't want my course shut down either for three weeks. Okay. Firstly, it's two weeks. I would say the interruptions to actual play have been significantly less than I ever would have um, imagined. Um, yeah, I don't know. People are upset. The course is as hard as it is, but they're not used to that. Um, it's hard. Like at least for what we're used to out there, it is hard, man. I was out there a couple times last week, man. It'd be like going on your front lawn, uh, a skittle dropping from 220 yards away. And then me having to go find it. Like I can't find these balls and I've hit balls there my whole life. You find someone else's balls, but I can't find 
mine. But yeah, I'm getting tons of requests from like the golf fantasy research crew. I don't like, I don't like this position that like people are like what my word is, how people are going to like fully build their shit. Like, no, 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 no. Go read, find something else. Like, yes, I've played every... I was going to have to rely on you for this. Like, do you think, uh, just answer me this. Is it going to be hard or easy? It's going to be easy because this is what I'll say. It's not as hard as St. George. It's not as hard. People that were out there at St. George's that have been to ours, St. George is harder. And they set St. George's up as hard as they could set it up, just like we are going to attempt to. And they got into the 20s at St. George's. So it will be easy. And if you're off, if you're out of position, you could be fucked. Like it could be a layup. You know, they really want to grow that grass out for the guys that are going to the U.S. Open. They like to, you know, find ways to mimic certain maybe situations. So they're going to make the out of position as hard as possible. But I think there'll be two dozen players that are just never out of position. If that makes any sense, like guys like, yeah, they won't even be worried about the stuff that's like uh, I'm talking about. Because they'll just be fairways and pin stalking unconsciously. But yeah, there is, I get it. There's like no information on this course out there. It's never hosted anything. It's never been designed to host anything. Somehow got these tournaments and I'm happy as a pig in shit that it's, that it's happening. You know, where I play my whole life, where I'll play my whole life, where, right? Like that's, I have my bar mitzvah at this place. Like this is this is we're not a cottage family. We're like a country club family. It reminds me of the first year of the Rocket Mortgage when they went to Detroit because I think they combined the two courses at Detroit Golf Club to make whatever the PGA course is, and that's what they're doing for this. Like they've rerouted holes. They're combining core. Like yeah. there's 27 holes at this course, isn't there? Yeah, so it's 27 holes, and I only know the holes as one through nine. Like to me, there's no such thing as hole 15. Now, it could be my 15th hole of the day, and I know exactly where I am in that, but it's three nine-hole, like, setups. Um, So, like, you're either set, you're sent out on, like, you know what your routing is, and you're sent out on 102. This course, the composite course for the PGA will be, uh, they'll be using pieces of all three, of all three. So it's going to be difficult like, to get I'm, any, I'm, like, any so the information is going to be, like, bad when it first comes out. Like, we're going to get even if people have known the course for ages and can like look at overviews of it, it's not going to be this routing. Okay. Yeah. They've never played this exact routing, but if you know the course, you know, the holes, like I know it off the top of my, like I could go through it all right now. Like I know the course map and a first hole is one of Thompson. Then they're going to three of Thompson. Then they're going to eight of Thompson. Then they're going to nine of Thompson. Then they're going to one of Hominick. Then they're going to two of Hominick. Then they're going to four of Hominick. Then they're going to eight of Hominick. And then they're going to nine of Hominick. And then the entire back nine is going to be the Newtson nine. Is that, and I was George Newtson, former PGA Tour winner, uh, Canadian Golf Hall of Famer, club pro. Well, he's dead now, but. And the Newtson Clubhouse, if you ever get there for lunch. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, there, there's our Canadian. And open I know all preview. the beaten paths, like all the hills, like off the course where like when I was younger, I'd like have to hide to go smoke my weed. Now I just do it in the open. <laughs> so I know like all the little holes, like little, little knickknacks around the course, little hiding spots. And um, did you hide? Yeah, some, I'm did, did fired you hide, up. Did, did you hide some stuff on the course so you can get it while you go watch? I will not answer that question. <laughs> um, 
no, but yeah. So, and people could be annoyed about me talking about it. That's like fair, but I'll just tell you, I get excited about very little. I'm very excited about this. Um, and Tommy's coming and all I care about is the Tommy practice schedule. I want to hang Right. And if Tommy's caddy wants to leave me some, some sweet nothings in my locker balls, hats, his hats are way cooler than Tommy's like Tommy wears female hats like Rory, but his caddy wears like the cool Nike hats like fee now that makes any sense people that like watch will know what i mean but uh yeah so um that that's i don't know what else but yeah people relying on nervous like i don't know that what i know is gonna be right because i've never seen it under this before if that makes any sense all i know is it won't help bombers i don't think bombers are helped at all but i didn't think st george's or hamilton would really help bombers and rory won there that doesn't mean a bomber can't can't win um, but there's no real advantage to bombing anything. They'll all be playing from the same spots. I feel like Rory hit a lot of three woods off the tee last year at the Canadian Open. Yeah, probably. And I think it sets up lovely for Europeans. And maybe that's one of the reason that like so many really good Europeans are playing and they make up the majority of the better players in the field. Um but yeah, I'm again it, it's next week. It's 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 exciting. Um, for me personally, for the PGA tour to be there, like I've hit every shot on that course. I've been everywhere on that course. Now, a lot of it, I've been drunk or high while hitting that shot, but whatever, who cares? I know the shots. You know, say I, I would try to lend my insight to it. The one time that I played with you, but I took a, like two swigs off one of the cannons. You were smoking. Oh, I greened you out and, oh, and, yeah. and pa passed out in the golf cart. <laughs> I green. I, yeah, that was a mistake. I greened Pat out on the course there once. That was a bad. I've, I don't like that day. That was the day that my phone lit up like a Christmas tree. Derwin James had a season ending training camp injury that day while I was on the course. Ruined a great day. Well, for me and my mental midget brain. I say I felt like I was embarrassing you because we were playing with another member. I was like, I can't get out of the cart. I'm just gonna stay here. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough scene for old Pat Mayo on that one. I'm actually playing <laughs> three really nice courses now, like within the span of the next week. I'm going to Cabot to more. There's like major forest fires around here. I think someone started a tire fire in the woods and it created a forest fire. So two of the people that we were going with uh, had to be evacuated from their homes. Their homes are okay, at least for the moment. They should be okay, but they can't go get their stuff. So they can no longer come on the trip. So it's just going to be me and Cust going to play the links and going to play the cliffs that I have business in Minneapolis next week. So I'm going to play Hazeltine with Moose. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's nice. So we'll That's see. Nice. We'll, we'll see if my uh, my game's in good form at the beginning of the year. We'll see if that works out for me. But we are here to talk are, about Memorial Jack's tournament. Are you going to be at the when the PGA's in Minnesota? You're going to be there. That you don't give a shit. I, I'm right? there. I'm there next week. Oh, okay, sorry. The week of the Canadian Open at your course. Yep. yep. Cool. All right. The Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. 
You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits come from, where sales are coming from. Then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective, improve your website, and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot for a very low cost. And it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you. Yeah, so what you need to do right now, if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now. Because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the Pat Mayo experience, which I very much encourage you to do. Eating better is just easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, mainly because, well, yes, they are very tasty, but it's the time that they save you. Do you say you never have time to work out? Well, if you're someone that preps all your food at home, that means you need to drive to the store. You need to walk through it, make a list, get your groceries, bring them home, store them, unpack them, get the reusable bags out of the way. Then you actually have to make the meal. We're talking like two hours per meal on that. And listen, I love cooking things at home myself, but it takes an awful long time. Are you going to use an app to get takeout? Well, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway. Then you wait 45 minutes to get it, and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there. This is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with Factor are ready to go in just two minutes, and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do. Do you want to do calorie smart? Do you want to do keto? I'm personally trying to bulk up right now, so I'm doing the protein plus to make sure that I hit my levels every single time. I go through, I pick what I want, it shows up. I never have to think about what I'm going to eat for three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it might be, for like three weeks. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off. That's code MAYO50 at factormeals.com slash MAYO50 to get 50% off. Memorial Tournament. Jack's Tournament. Mirfield Village, over 7,500 yards, par 72. Billy Ho is the defending champion. Weird tournament last year, based on what we've seen a lot of the times at Mirfield Village over the years. Uh, Obviously, this is one of the most fun tournaments of the year. Uh, It generally attracts some of the deepest fields. Now it's an elevated event, and the only two guys skipping it are Finau and Homa, and it seems like Rose ended up pulling out. But he's playing the Canadian Open now, isn't he? Yeah, Rose is playing the Canadian Open. Um, I don't believe Fleetwood's here either. Um, but, uh, Fleetwood is not. You're correct. So yeah, so those, guys, the- those four are taking a skip on this week in the elevated event. So I guess they're going to use the Canadian Open to get themselves ready for the U.S. Open. But everyone else is in the field this week. So when we go to the top of the betting board, I was at, I mean, I'm not surprised to see Scotty Scheffler as the betting favorite. I just assumed Rom would be based on his 
domination of this course at times, but Scotty is six and a half to one at DraftKings Sportsbook. John Rahm is seven to one. Cantley is the third favorite at 10 to one. Obviously, he has won twice in the past five years, and there's an asterisk besides that, although we won that bet with Patrick Cantley, so no asterisks in our bank account on that one. Rory is 11, Xander is 14. That's everyone below. 20 to 1. Uh, obviously, when I say the asterisks, next to Patrick Cantley, that was the year that Rom was beating everyone by like 25 strokes or whatever the hell it was, but then he got COVID and they told him coming off the 18th green in the third round and he was no longer able to play. So he had to withdraw from that tournament. Cantley and Morikawa go to a playoff. Cantley ends up winning. That's what happened two years ago in 2021 at Mirfield Village. But I'm in sort of a conundrum this week. Now, I lose every week, so it doesn't really matter which angle I take. I'm probably going to lose. But I was feeling like I might just dump on Rom and make that basically my only bet. Or do I just sprinkle these guys between 25 and 50 to 1? There's like five of them that I like and just take that route because I feel like it's one or the other. Yeah, so I'm probably going to take your second route. I've got that sort of guys between the 25 and 50. Rom would be my pick of the ultra elite and of the, um, I guess, of that other crew where you're in the teens, I would lean Xander. But I don't know that I could get there. Um, whatever. Can't lead 10 to 1. Like, who gives a shit? Like, that's where we are now. I guess he's won here before, but he, I saw like U.S. Open is like 12, 14 to 1. This is a guy that spent a lot of money on Cantley. It's lost a lot in big events recently on him. But like, this is now a passive point. No return for me. I don't care. So for, so for both of us, it would be like if you had to bet one of the top two, it would be Rom over Scotty? Yeah, but I think to long time, like listeners of our show, that is just how I lean in that dynamic. Although I get why Scotty's the favorite. You look at those stats, you're like, the guy hits two more eight-footers, he's going to win. Like he hits one more five-footer a day, he's going to win every tournament. I just and wonder- in my head, as much as the stats say that's not an easy thing, in my head, it's actually really easy for him to hit one more six-footer a day. I don't think that's hard. The worst tournament he's had tee to green, basically since he won in Phoenix, was his 12th place finish, finish at the Genesis when he only gained six strokes tee to green, a lot of which was his minus 1.6 strokes around the green. Other than that, starting last week, going backwards from the Charles Schwab, he was 15 tee to green at Colonial, at the PGA Championship, 10.6 at the Byron Nelson, 9.2 at the Heritage. He gained like 13 or something like that at the Masters and just couldn't make a putt. 17.2 at the Players, 10.4 at the Arnold Palmer. His worst finish over that span is 11th at the Heritage when he dropped strokes putting. Obviously, he lost 4.6 at Colonial last week, still managed to come in third place. Like It's kind of outrageous how good he has been. And the fact that he's only won twice over this stretch is kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. Insane. Like, those those are Tiger-like Tita Green statistics. Like, those, those are... Un- those are better than Tiger numbers. Okay, fine. I, you said it. Like, I don't feel comfortable saying that. I, I'm not saying that he's better than Tiger, numbers. but he's not, yeah, the numbers are the numbers, and those are better. This run is better than Tiger numbers. Yeah, so to have two wins feels like, like what a dud. Like... What an underachiever. Um, I don't know. Like hitting that number when you don't trust the six footers is also a really hard thing to do, too, right? 
Oh, 100%. Like, Although when I went through the research show, this has been one of the easier tournaments uh, historically of making putts inside 10 feet, which seems really counterintuitive of how we think about this tournament. But it just seems like guys either make every putt here or they miss every putt. And there's no real in between. Like you see some really gaudy strokes game putting numbers and there's other guys who are like minus 13. <laughs> And there's no secrets, although they did do a bit of a reno a few years ago. I mean, everyone knows, um, like, 90% of this field knows every crevice of this course. Yeah, they, they remember they were tearing it up in the ROM win. Yes. When that was they, a grah. They had the back-to-back weeks there. Morikawa beat Thomas in the playoff for the workday. Then they made it exceptionally difficult the next week, and it was just a shit show. And Rom was like a crazy price that week. It was like twenty two or twenty five. Yeah, he um, I, obviously he's ne- I remember you hit it because he crossed twenty. Yeah. It's like this is this is stupid. Um never been back there since. No, probably for good reason, because the guy wins a ton. That's that's why I'm I'm worried about the two guys at the top as I am every single week. And I am worried about Cantley as well. And are you worried about Rory? at all in terms of like going out and winning this event? He's never won here in the past. Obviously he put in, you know, he had a nice finish at the PGA Championship, but he was never really in contention. Yeah, so I would say maybe this is a nice... Well, I mean, the course fit hasn't really been there historically. But I don't think... I seem to be giving Rory credit for playing a lot better at the PGA than other people. Like, yes, he didn't win. Yes, he never really contended. To me, anyone who had an under par score after three rounds is is doing something exceptional at this moment. Like Michael Block. Um, he might have been even. Oh, fair enough. But fair enough. He Whatever he did there was insane. And Pat, everyone I saw this weekend, you know, kids, every weekend's kids' birthday parties, and all my buddies, they, they had your exact point. Like, why couldn't the Canadian open? Like, just wait to see how Colonial played out before giving him a sponsor's invite. Like, now it's like... People are going to be upset that that should just have gone to some local Canadian. It's going to be a guy that shoots 80. Sure. Well, my Mayo Media Network sponsors one thing. I sponsor a golfer who won like the Atlantic Tour last year. He also gives me lessons, too. So that's really helped. But he is (laughs) he just qualified for the Monday qualifier for the Canadian Open. So there's a chance my guy Neil might qualify for the Canadian Open and be wearing that MMN logo on his hat and shirt. Hey, I'm not offering myself, but if he actually gets in and needs a caddy, I know guys that like um like literally are know every inch of that place and shoot in the 70s. Uh, if he actually if that's if he's looking for a looper, but I guess if he needs one on Monday, he'll just he'll be okay. There's a a U.S. Open Monday qualifier in Scarborough on Monday, Pat. Apparently, Webb Simpson is playing in it, and a bunch of guys. I'm sure a lot of guys, maybe in the Canadian Open field, is is around here. So I doubt I'll go, but it's pretty close to me, to be honest. Do you get? multiple opportunities to do that because i saw that i mean sergio got in but i saw mcdowell miss like can mcdowell go play another one or is it like one and done with these things you know i do not know i assume it's one um, and done that seems like a good question because a guy like mcdowell has the resources too like let me try that you know probably lesser quality one in out in toronto I mean, that's what I would do if that was allowed. I assume it's not because we don't see it happen. 
Yeah, I would assume not. Well, let's get to this 20 to 40 range. <sighs> Morikawa and Victor are both 20 and 22 to 1. I saw the 28 on Victor really disappeared quite quickly, I assume, after you bet it. Yeah, oh, I got it in. Now, this is one of the perks of being in a hospital waiting room on a Monday morning. There ain't nothing to do but refresh, refresh, refresh. Got ya. 28 on Vic at a popular offshore. Uh, I hit it pretty hard. I went to bed thinking maybe I would even do single bullet Vic. Now, anyone who knows me knows, like, I don't have the willpower to single bullet nothing. Well, especially I'm playing Scotty or Rob. You're going to say, especially because you have all that extra money in your account, too. Oh, yeah. The accounts are flowing. I was, yeah. So, um, Vic at the number, but I probably, I would have bet Vic this week at the 2022s, too. I would have bet that. So, I'm happy I caught something a little longer, but I for sure would have um, bet that. And I, like, I assume so many other people, Pat, are just like, oh, why is Hatton so low? But you got to love Hatton this week, I feel, too. Why do you love Hatton so much? I feel like he's a lovely, I feel like the game seems to be back. I feel like the Murfield fit seems to be perfect. Uh, he'll, he could be the second favorite next week here. And of course, I think he could be great at. Um, but yeah, I really? mean, there's some. You think he'd be the second favorite? I guess if he wins this week, that would be the case. But he's behind Cameron Young already. Cameron Young's playing next week. I assume. Okay, you're right. Cam Young is playing and Matt Fitzpatrick is playing. They might be close on the on the odds and Sam Burns, but Sam Burns might be a well. We'll see what happens this week. Burns look fine. I mean, he had that huge, ugly PGA Championship, but I think the Burns numbers this week could be large. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Hatton. That okay. number seems smaller than I want. I was hoping I could see a, a forty, but if you want to know, I have uh, Jason Day's never really played well here, despite even when he was dominating golf. And like the Ohio connection. And this is, he's, I think he's a member here. Um, he's never played well here in actual tournament play, I feel. He Until has... he was bad at golf a couple years ago. Then he played well here. Yeah, he had a really good finish, but I think that was all putting related. I don't know if he's ever gained strokes on approach. I looked at this uh, when I did the research show. Let's see. He's gained strokes once. Yeah, the year he came fourth. That was the crazy 2020 year when Rom won. And it was like the hardest course possible. Then they renovated everything. Uh, yeah, minus 3.5, minus 4.4, minus 4.2. He hasn't, before 2020, when he gained 2.5 on approach, he had not gained strokes on approach in this tournament since 2009. And dude plays this every single year. And was Thomas in the Workday Memorial playoff in the COVID year? Yeah, you know what I'm with, with Morikawa. Okay. And Vic. Vic finished just behind. Wow. Wow. I didn't even know that. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I've put so much money into Thomas. I just need to take a a breather, I think. Yeah. So all of the 20s, to look at them right now, Morikawa, Hovland, 2022, Day and Thomas, both at 25, Spieth and Hatton and Cam Young all at 28. And that bleeds into... Fitz at 35, along with Sungjae and Hideki, and then Burns, Ricky, and Connors are all 40 to 1. I actually really like Corey Connors this week. Love. Uh, yeah. Connors was on a short list for, for me. Um, I would say, just trying to think the first negative, and this could be a good thing, well, not a good thing, but Corey Connors is back to back majors coming up after this week. Uh, but he's playing outstanding golf. Oh, I was I took Pozzola out to the course on Thursday. We played in the afternoon. 
But uh, Corey and Mac were apparently there in the morning because my buddy told me one of the range guys came up to him and said, did you hear Kurt Connors is here? <laughs> so, um, yeah, they were getting their runs in. Uh, yeah, Connors. I mean, we could go even how much farther back, but like Connors and Lowry, I think, um, seem pretty good. And then there's someone even behind them who I like. All right, well, let's just expand this to 40-plus then, uh, and we'll talk about all of the rest. Because the guys that I had identified are, don't really change from what I said on the research show. I was identifying Hideki, Connors, and Lowry, Fowler, and Scott were kind of the five that I had. I, I had Rose in as well, but then now he's not playing. But is it worth it to bet all those guys when I could be like, Rom? That's kind of what I'm toying with this week. So I've bet Vic and Scott. And I'm staring at at Hattons. I've missed the 33s. I'm looking at some 30s, but I've bet Scott and 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 Vic. And I will say that it shouldn't be about this. Like I'm about to say something, and you can bet both of them as you are seemingly attempting to do, it seems like. I like Adam Scott so much more than Ricky. Like everyone's got Ricky on this precipice and I believe it. The consistency is just so good to marvel at. But if I have to pick a guy to break through like Rose and day from our like 2015 crew, it's Adam Scott. And in some places there's still 70 to one. Now, the Ricky could be a great pick. You can bet them both. It seems like you want to, but um, Ricky being that much shorter than Scott. Eh, I don't, I don't see it. I, I mean, agree. I, I, I see it, and I understand why. And it's especially tempting now, the rebound. I mean, I, I, I thought he was going to bet him top 10 to finish at the PGA Championship. Obviously, he missed the cut there on the number. To see his rebound last week, he didn't drive it very well. He chipped in you know, like three times or something like that. But the approach was good. The putting was pretty middling. He finished sixth overall. It just his stats and finishes line up exactly like days before Day ended up winning. And we know that Ricky's had some good run at this course in the past. All very good points. And one of my favorite things about Ricky, as you kind of alluded to, is even when he doesn't have, like, his best, how well he's still able to, like, score and consistently finish has been as impressive to me as anything. And I love everything that is happening. Um, my one knock on Ricky is through all this consistency and great play, I don't think there's been one moment outside of like a first round leader blurb somewhere along this way here where there was like an actual, even like the slightest sniff of contention. He's just going to win the 3M open, isn't he? Or rocket mortgage. Good. Go to those. I mean, I'm happy he played last week, but as we've kind of joked that he's played a, he deserves it. He plays an elite schedule. His friends are elite. They play an elite schedule. He plays with his friends. He could pick off something if you just wanted a trophy there are tournaments he could pick off um in a way like tony finau has figured out how to pick a few off ricky could do that i'm not saying ricky's as good as finau but i think everyone gets my drift he could schedule optimize for a trophy better than he does but he's, he's in elite fields he gets these premium invitations how do you feel about the gala Because for years, um, this spot was, I don't want to say. Breakthrough. It's a breakthrough spot for a lot of guys. 
for guys that we think are going to do great things like, um, you know, Cantley, like before the major, they win here, right? Like that's been a thing. Yeah. Bryson was another one who did it. Yeah. Cooch, before you win your Cooch yeah. never got there, but he like this and the players are his two big wins in his career. Hideki. I was, on, I was on my honeymoon when I hit a cooch ticket in Hawaii. What a golf. What a. Mm. And with the time difference, like what a day. What a day. And this is one of the few tournaments that we've seen over the years where I talked about like distance and distance mattering to be like a world elite player. That's not the case here. We've seen some short hitters win. I mean, we haven't really had outliers. I mean, Will McGirt's the insane outlier, I feel. Did Ling I get that one right? Lingmurth? Oh, yeah. So maybe I'm thinking Lingmurth and McGirt. Lingmurth, McGirt. Did Lowry win here? No. Oh, that was Bridgestone. Yeah, Lowry. That, that was also in Ohio. He won it. Yeah, he won at Firestone. Yeah, I take that back. We And, and I'll tell you. For the last calendar year, I know we've seen some great things lately, starting with Kitayama and some huge underdogs winning. That Billy Horschel win at like 60, 65 to 180 to one last at this event last year was the only outlier in a elevated field strength type event. Yeah, I would agree. And now we've seen Kitayama and Wyndham Clark both come through in elevated events this year. Um, so I'm kind of on you with Vic. Uh, do you have any interest in Morikawa? I bet him last week. I Me thought too. it was a perfect course fit. Um, he had a bad day one. Basically took him out of it. Yeah. And he had a great day two and it seemed like he was playing tough at the moment. No, but I could get there because sometimes when I get on a guy, it means I believe it's coming. And, after maybe not betting Colin all year, positive, you know, I bet other losers. Um, I got on last week and maybe I could stay on. I mean, I'd rather him than I'd rather him than Justin or Day, but Vic I've bet and Hatton I'm looking at. And I that might be really silly to think I'd rather bet Hatton than Morikawa. Well, the numbers are dude, you're gonna get a discrepancy in those numbers, and Hatton's just simply playing better right now. So I mean I could see it. There's a Nicholas course. So what else do we have? We have that like goofy one for the Barracuda. We have one of the ones at the Amex and then we have PGA national. Is that it for Nicholas courses? Cause they don't play Glen Abbey anymore. We're probably missing one, but I don't know. Yeah, I could probably effort that, but and I don't know. Like there's forties out there on Matthew Fitzpatrick, which seems kind of fair. Seems like a good number, too, because he was the other yeah. one who was in contention the year that Rom won. Yeah, I mean, he seems to do everything. He's been, I mean, I know I wax poetic about him on our PGA show, but he's been a cheat code, like off the tee and does everything right. At 40 to 1, that seems uh, that seems strong. Sanjay seems tired. Don't really know that I'm going to go there. And I don't even look at Spieth at the moment. Spieth is an Spieth's an interesting one for this course. I could see him winning this event, just because it's it's such a mismatch of guys who end up winning. I remember when the Fowler year when we thought Fowler was going to win was I think Duffner was up by eight after two rounds or something like that. Then he absolutely wilted back to the pack when Cuss said that it was over, and then he ended up winning in the end because Ricky ended up melting down. I think that's what happened. Bubba was in the mix too. 
Do you have any recollection of that? I remember the Duffner wilt, but I remember him holding on to win and getting the handshake from Jack. So Tagala seems to be pretty overvalued. Yeah, but that's where but he's. I guess but the that, stats show that, that that's where he's been. Like that's it's nothing new. And he's had two bad tournaments in a row. He was 40th at the PGA. He was 56th at Quail Hollow. But previous to that, like elevated events, like he was ninth at the Masters. And maybe I'm overrate. Like Corey Connors is just. Yeah, he's done a lot right. I just feel like seeing Tagala in the, pretty much the same price with Lowry, Burns, Connors. I mean, you're, you're obviously people are going to call it. I think next week, Sahith can actually maybe get that maiden, maiden win. Um, is he? Play, yeah, he's team. He's team RBC, isn't he? Yeah, he is team RBC, so he'll be there. Um, I saw him in some. There's like a, a they've got some promotional. Who's up on the wall? I saw on the weekend. Who who's the big guy? Who's the big RBC guy that they're really pushing? Is it Connors? Well, yeah. I mean, it's obviously the Canadians, and you know they they took a step back from DJ, but then as we've noted, they you know with Burns and Cam Young and Sahit, they sort of going with some younger guys. I think Matthew Fitzpatrick's an RBC guy now. Um, Brant Snedeker yeah, no longer an RBC guy. Yeah, no, no. What, no what, what happened to Brent Snedeker, by the way? Does he play golf anymore? Did he retire? How old is he? I, I don't know. He can't be that old. Well, like he's not like close enough to champions? He's 42. He's eight years away oh. from the Champions Tour. The fact that Stuart Sink just made his first appearance on the Champions Tour should let you know uh, some of these guys are a bit farther away than we might think. Yeah, they are. And it's unfortunate because there really is this dead zone, right? Like between 42 and and 50 for these guys. I mean, I'm not like Sink obviously got that win at the Heritage and we've seen other guys play great. But yeah, some guys are just chomping at the bit to get out there. Like Greg Chalmers just can't wait to lose his PGA privilege to have champions privilege. For sure. Well, we talked about Tom Kim a little bit. Like, this is a course where I think that he could do very well. I'm seeing 50s, even 60s on Tom Kim right now. Are you ready to go back to that well, or do we need to give that some time? I'm just not ready to go back because I do see myself way more likely to pick Shane Lowry or Corey Connors. Or even eat. Well, I guess there's a big number. That'd be a big eat. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't see myself in the to- in the Tom Kim markets. But based on history, sure. I mean, there's a narrative that seems like between course fit and and how this tournament has been kind to young up-and-coming stars. And the driving and approach play is back for Tom Kim. He just can't putt to save his life, which is kind of funny. Like He has one of the biggest swings between his good tournaments and bad tournaments on the green. Like Morikawa is kind of the same way. It's just, it's all negative, negative, negative. Then he gains like seven strokes putting. Uh, I mean, at the Byron Nelson, he only gained 1.3, but everything was just a little bit off for him. He still finished inside the top 40. We haven't seen any of those like top tier events for him uh, in a while, but I mean, I'm probably not going to get there. It feels like it's a bit too steep at 50. Maybe you can find a 55. Maybe that drifts as the week goes along a little bit. But I don't know. This this does feel like a very good course for him. Uh, makes sense. I just don't. I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be out of money. That's fair. Billy Horschel repeat? No chance. I bet on Billy. Well, uh, no I bet interest. on Billy last no week. I bet on Billy last week. 
didn't work. <laughs> was it like 200 to one or something stupid? He was 150 to one. Yeah. I was like, yeah, might as well take a shot. Let's see if this can work. He did make the cut, which was nice, which is something he hadn't been doing lately. So I think my short list, I got down to Vic, Lowry, Connors, Hideki, Siwoo. I got like the gala. You didn't and... talk about Hideki. I, I like Hideki a lot coming in. Hideki's been really good. It's just he had that injury and took a month off and everyone kind of forgot about him. And he want that's another example of a player we always assumed would win the major, won here before his major. And another guy is, I mean, obviously he's played well at Augusta. He's played well at the Players' Champ. He won the Players' Championship, although that doesn't count for him. But, yeah, he's just having a really nice year. And even, like, at the PGA Championship, he came 29th. He lost six strokes putting. Like, Tita Green, he was up over 10. Like, the, the ball striking, especially the approach play, has just been really good. And when I walked through, like, the time machine on Fantasy National and went to go look back at, you know, what did guys do well here? A lot of it's just pure, straight up greens and regulation. It's hard to chip here. It's hard to get out of the bunkers here. It's hard when you're trying to hit approaches out of the rough, some of the longest proximity on tour. So just, like, hit some fairways and hit your irons well, especially your long irons, and you just look at Hideki, and he just kind of lines up that way really well. I'm st- yeah, Hideki and yeah, I mean, sort of like that's the side found. That's the Cantley approach. Like Cantley just puts it in the fairway and hits greens regulation. That's his entire game. And that's what Ricky's been really good at this year, despite not being great at it last week and chipping in. I liked how hard Colonial played. I loved it. I, I well, I get sucked. I haven't been with Ricky for so long. Hmm. Let's see. Ricky passed 24. Ricky is 30th in the field in greens of regulation gain. He's near the bottom in terms of proximity from 200 yards and in. Um, scoring well on the par fives. He's putting well. He's chipping well. The approach play has been pretty good. He's 21st in that. But if we take a look at Hideki over that time, Hideki is you know top 10 in 200-yard proximity, top 20 in greens, top 15 in 175 to 200 top 10 in par five scoring top 30 in approach top 35 off the tee like his entire game is just really good right now so i'm betting hideki at 35 maybe i can find a better number is there better than 35 there there's 40 i'm looking at 40 right now yeah there's 40s yeah you could catch so yeah hideki at 40 that's gonna make the card so yeah so i guess i'm not gonna bet raw i'm just gonna bet a collection of these guys i'll probably bet Vic. Just it feels like it's coming for him, and this would be his breakthrough win, wouldn't it? Yeah, this would be he. Hey, Vic. Like, yes, there are wins, but he has like no win of prominence for a player of um, the price and the odds and the company he keeps. Like, even for all Xander's da 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 da, he's got a tour championship. He's won a lot of what tournament and chance like there's some big wins that just aren't majors on xander's resume i i believe uh cantley as well and obviously he's like a younger class than these guys but yeah like it's go time we have got to we have got to put a big boy trophy in this case or i'm gonna be so freaking broke by the end of the summer anyone long down the list like siwoo and scott were kind of the two that i stopped at Woodland sets up well. Do you think Grio goes back to back? Yeah, I know. I don't. I would never play a Grio back to back. I'll be happy with the eclipse that I was a part of. Um, silly one that I was kind of looking at, and I don't know that he's ever played here before. And boy, is this guy a bit of an experience. But Ryan Fox over a hundred to one, pretty much everywhere. 
that'd be maybe the guy that I was looking at a little bit, but I have no interest in a long shot here. It's funny. I was I, I was tracking Fox throughout the week because I, I kept seeing him going on these birdie streaks and he'd be like to six under. And then I'd look and he'd all of a sudden two under like they, they get you're right. The guy's a real experience when it comes down to it. He'll just reel off birdie streaks out of nowhere and then compliment them with an even longer bogey streak. Let's see, yeah, yeah. 21st last week. I mean, 23rd at the PGA Championship, 26th at the Masters, 27th at the Players, 14th at the Arnold Palmer. Like, he's been playing some really good golf, and we know what he's done overseas. Yeah, great golf. I'm starting to be of the belief that even though it's hard to quantify, you know, who's better than who when we see these guys that we like play really well over there, to me, he's better than the grouping he's around on the odds board. Um, He's in a different class, but he's still a bit of an unknown. But you're right. He flashes these crazy birdie runs, and he birdies like really hard holes, too, like I say about Vic. So it's funny that this grouping of guys at 100 to 1, like, I mean, we should probably bring up Ben Ann, who's been playing some very good golf. If people remember, he lost in the playoff. He and Kyle Stanley both lost in the playoff to Bryson. Uh, they were the two leaders going into that day, and Bryson kind of stormed them at the end. But like he's been playing quality golf. He's a hot, but he's a hundred to one. Harmon's a hundred to one and Harris English, who just had a disastrous Sunday at colonials also a hundred to one. Then you have this group at 110 to one. And it feels like there's such a huge discrepancy between these guys at 110 to one. Like, and maybe it's just personal opinion, but you have Kitayama, Fox and Kirk, who I could see all being you know, around the same odds. They feel better than that group at a hundred to one, but you also have Hoygaard and Hadwin at a hundred to one. And I feel like those first three are just way better than the other two. I would totally agree with that. I don't know what to make of Hadwin here or Hoygaard for that matter. Um, I'll tell you kind of guy that's been maybe off my radar, but just scrolling the list has Taylor Moore been in a funk because I could see this course setting up for him. Lovely. At, at um, seeing 150, 170 to one. I played him at the PGA Championship and he made the cut. He missed the cut last week. And he came like dead light. He had a terrible Sunday at the PGA Championship. He had been running pretty good. A lot of it was putting related. Um, the irons have not been good. So I can see why he dropped back down. I was trying to give a look to Justin Suh as well. Man, the putter's been hot for him. He's putting the lights out everywhere. He's at like 180. I just don't see it with these guys. Maybe if I just look up who plays the long par four as well. I mean, that was kind of the key to McGirt, the year that he ended up winning. Uh, Ryan Fox is actually third in that number. Maybe you're onto something with Ryan Fox. That would be lovely. Um, well, I didn't know I was onto something, but he did catch my eye. And I'm looking at one more long shot that might catch my eye, but I'm just loading him up on. Uh... Let me guess. Uh, Patrick Rogers. No. But he might be in that range. He's a guy. I mean, I was betting him at pretty short numbers. Dietrich. He's young. No, everyone was betting him like all the time early in the year. Oh, Montgomery. Yeah. You said long par four. I don't know. And you just driver putt this place apart. Yeah, but no one does that, though. Like, this has the second lowest going for the green and two on par fives at any course. Like, distance is somewhat mitigated here. Like, you, like these fairways are huge. So you got to be hitting your fairways. But if you're playing from the rough, you're done. You're cooked. So wouldn't like huge fairways seem to me like huge fairways in theory, I think would like really help Shane Lowry. But at the other time, doesn't Shane Lowry really benefit when everyone is kind of in, in you know, finding trouble? 
Shane well, Lowry, I don't feel like it really matters what happens around Shane Lowry. Either he's going to like putt well or he's going to putt you out of the tournament. Like that's really what it comes down to with him. Because he has like been a poor man's version of hitting the ball beautifully, putting like Scotty Scheffler, has he not? Like for, ba- for quite a while now. But basically, if you look at his numbers, he's like 70% Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Which which okay. is not cutting it when Scotty Scheffler is 100% Scotty Scheffler. But yeah, the Tita the Green's been amazing. Here are the best players over the past 24 rounds from 450 to 500 yard par fours, which are the most difficult holes on this course. Cantley is number one. Rogers and Fox and Pendrith and Ben Ann are the rest of the top five. Hatton, Scheffler, Grio, Day, and Eckroat. Jaeger is up there as well, who's just been playing tremendous golf. Eckroat is a guy who my eye is on for like the next run of shitty events after the major. I can see it. He came 16th last week. He's driving the ball fantastically. He's finally making some putts. Like, I'm not here to say your first win's going to be Memorial or you're going to, like, do anything for me at a major next week, but I am fully hawking this guy once we get out of um, the U.S. Open. And it, is it, like, because we had such a powerful run of events after the PGA, and obviously Canada's more important to me in general, let alone it's at my course, so it feels like, well, i got a lot going on here. Are we in for like a real shit run after the U.S. Open? We have to be, right? No, we're in a real shit run after the Open Championship because after the U.S. Open, it's Travelers, which is an elevated event. Then it is the week off. Then it's Scottish, then British. Oh, wow. So you're right. Okay. So then it's the straight dead dog days until like FedEx Cup season. It's like Wyndham, 3M, Rocket Mortgage, all those ones. I feel like I'm missing a week in here somewhere. Oh, no, the, the rocket mortgage is after... Oh. Oh, there's more of a gap than I thought. So it goes U.S. Open Travelers Championship, and then it goes rocket mortgage John Deere. Okay, so yeah, those are going to be dead weeks. And and do you know Liv? Is Liv playing Valderrama the week before the Open Championship? I mean, you have the internet too. You know that. Sorry. Right? I think that's what's happening. And what a horrible, like. June 30th to June to July 2nd. So, no, that is not the week before. Oh. That is the same week as the Rocket Mortgage. So, it's the. Sorry. That is Liv's lead in event, though, to the Open Championship. One sec. Where the hell was I? Where's the Liv lead? Which seems like a really bad course. No, uh, London at the Centurion Club, where they had their first event, is the lead in event. Yeah. Okay, that makes way more sense. I'm really excited for Liv at um, Valderrama. Okay. So much so that you knew knew exactly when it was. No, I knew it was. uh, Listen, I knew they're making another across the pond world swing. Um, Yeah. And Pat, if Vegas, Brooks, if Vegas beats the Stars, then Brooks gets to take his party to Dallas for the Cup, to, to Vegas for the Cup final. Unhinged. Unhinged. Good for him. Any more long shots you want to talk about? No. What did we say? Fox and who else did you, did you grease a little? I mean, I could see Anne. I'm just probably not going to get there at 100 to 1. I think Fox is just you know, a better player and a better number. So, and it'll be DraftKings DFS popular for sure. 
He, sh- he should be. Like, he's he's a very good price on DraftKings this week. 7400 or something like that? Fox is 7100 and Ben Ann is 7400 Patrick Rogers does rate out really well here. He's also 7100 But do you, do you think he can win this? No, right? I mean, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not looking to have a... No. There's no really no one back here I care much for. Yeah, Rogers... And I, if I get... If I get burned at the memorial by not betting a hundred to one, then I'll just like accept it and I'll come back to the memorial next year and still bet the good players. Okay. One and done. And the quick picks for the week. Cust has locked in his pick and he beat both of us last. We all had like decent weeks last week, but Burns had almost $300,000. You had Rose at 170. I had Henley at 132. He is taking Jason Day this week as his one and done. I will be taking Hideki Matsuyama as my one and done. Who are you taking? I have the list so you can say some names. Hatton? Hatton is available for you. All right, let's go. Ty? Okay, so the quick picks. uh, I'll probably end up being in on Vic at 20 or 22. We'll see. I'll be in for sure on Hideki at 40. I'll be in on Lowry. I see a 50 on Lowry, so I'll take the 50. 45, 50, whatever it ends up being, I'll be in on Lowry. So Hideki and Lowry for sure, which means I'm out of the Rom and Scheffler market. And then I got to make a choice between, I mean, I could probably play them all, but like Ricky, Connors, Siwoo, Thigala, Scott, two of them probably. And I think you kind of, you brought up, you didn't really sell me on Ryan Fox, but you brought up Ryan Fox. And I started looking at the numbers. Ryan Fox actually looks pretty good to me. Yeah, I still, Ryan Fox to me has the chance to be like a much better player in my and this is only my opinion and I'm only taking like what I watch on TV and my own snippets of he could be good. We could be here in a year from now. He's like a 60 to one staple. Um, I mean, he is like our age. So let's not overlook that. It's not like he's some young ex- gun. Excellent point. Um, hey, he's clearly going making a road for the president's cup internationals at this point <laughs> he, i mean he should be on the team he's top 40 in the world yeah we lost everyone to live um so vic and i mean i have a u.s open one also so we have to protect it and we're gonna just probably be in all summer just losing our shirt scott and vic are the bets i've made and then i'm swimming around a lot of those names that you brought up lowry connor's Fowl. i can't i didn't think i'd be on fowler but looking more at it that maybe it's not horrible fowler and i'd probably rather hideki at 40 than fowler at 45 i would i'm not betting ricky fowler this week connor's so connor's lowry hideki yeah i'll be swimming around the same guys the bets and hatton hatton a deep swim deep swim so yeah vic and scott and probably and hatton looks for sure hatton yeah All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Play in the Listener's League. The DraftKings show will be dropping tomorrow with myself and Joe Iadoni. Tambo's got the week off. And then me and Raza coming at you on Wednesday in a Cust Corner, the best of McDonald's Monopoly with me, Jeff, and Cust, dropping on Thursday as I am away to play golf for two days. So we're getting everything up front and early. So let's fill that Listener's League 2,500 spots this week. Smash the like while you're here as well. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Have your experience.